MSW Media. News was swearing. Daily beans, daily beans, daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, February 5th, 2021. Today, the House right now is voting to remove Marjorie Taylor Greene from her committee assignments. The impeachment managers asked Trump to testify under oath. The Republican caucus voted by secret ballot to keep Liz Cheney in her leadership position in the House. The chair of the Senate Judiciary is asked to hold confirmation hearings on Merrick Garland for attorney general on February 8th. Biden delivered his first foreign policy address at the State Department. Smartmatic filed a $2.7 billion lawsuit against Fox News, Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell, to name a few. And the Pentagon calls for a stand-down while they address violent extremism in the ranks. I'm your host, A.G. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Daily Beans. Happy Friday. It is Friday. That means I will be joined by Amy Carrera later for the Good News Block. And we have an early Flip It Blue segment with the candidate running against Jim Jordan in Ohio's 4th District. Uh, his name is Jeff Seitz. And so I'm very excited to speak with him. Uh, he's running for the 2022 midterm elections against Jim Jordan in that very gerrymandered district. And I want to thank everyone who joined Dana and I on the Stereo app for our little After Party Live Q&A. That was uh, Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. We're going to do that every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern. So download the free stereo app and join us for that after party. And, of course, you and I uh, know that I do that also on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific with Andrew Torres uh, for the after party for our new show called Clean Up on Aisle 45. So I'm really excited about that. Check it out. Again, download the free stereo app and uh, join us every Tuesday and Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. We do have a lot of news to get to today, so let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, everybody. The lead story today is that Jamie Raskin, the House impeachment manager, and the other House impeachment managers have asked Donald Trump to testify under oath. In a letter to Trump's attorneys, as you are aware, they begin, the United States House of Representatives has approved an article of impeachment against you for incitement of insurrection. Uh, and the trial will begin Tuesday, February 9th. Two days ago, you filed an answer in which you denied many factual allegations set forth in the article of impeachment. You have thus attempted to put critical facts at issue, notwithstanding the clear and overwhelming evidence of your constitutional offense. In light of your dispute of these factual allegations, I write to invite you to provide testimony under oath, either before or during the Senate impeachment trial, concerning your conduct of January 6, 2021. We would propose that you provide testimony, of course, including cross-examination, as early as Monday, February 8, 2021, but no later than Thursday, February 11th. We would be pleased to arrange such a testimony at a mutually convenient time and place. Presidents Gerald Ford and Bill Clinton both provided testimony while in office, and the Supreme Court held last year that you were not immune from legal process while serving as president, so there's no doubt you can testify in these proceedings. Indeed, whereas a sitting president might raise concerns about distraction from their official duties, that concern is obviously inapplicable here. We therefore anticipate your availability to testify. If you decline this invitation, we reserve any and all rights, including the right to establish at trial that your refusal to testify supports a strong adverse inference regarding your actions and inaction on January 6, 2021. I would request you respond to this letter no later than Friday, February 5th, and I look forward to your response and to your testimony. Now, 
Trump's lawyer, Schoen, one of his two, responded within hours. He didn't need till February 5th, but he responded today, the same day, saying, We are in receipt of your latest public relations stunt. As you certainly know, there is no such thing as negative inference in this unconstitutional proceeding. Your letter only confirms what is known to everyone. You cannot prove your allegations against the 45th president of the United States, who is now a private citizen. The use of our Constitution to bring a purported impeachment proceeding is much too serious to try and play these games. <laughs> so they'd actually never refuse the invitation, if you've noticed. And I think that will come in handy to them, at least maybe in their own minds, because the impeachment managers can subpoena Trump now, though it's not clear that they're going to go down that path. But if it does go to court, dude has no good arguments anymore, as Jamie Raskin brought up in the letter. But Dems want to make the point that they've given him an opportunity to defend himself, and he turned it down. This takes away the due process argument. That might be why they didn't specifically use language turning them down. Uh, even you know, if they went to court with even to, you know thinking about Clinton v. Jones, Trump isn't president anymore. He has the time to testify, especially since he quit SAG-AFTRA. <laughs> Here's the letter uh, that, he, that he wrote to SAG-AFTRA, which is a, the uh, Actors Guild. Uh, well, one of the guilds, one of the unions. He says, I write to you today regarding the so-called disciplinary committee hearing aimed at revoking my union membership. Who cares? While I'm not familiar with your work, I'm very proud of my work on movies such as Home Alone 2, Zoolander and Wall Street, and television shows including The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Saturday Night Live, and of course one of the most successful shows in television history, The Apprentice, to name just a few. I have also greatly helped the cable news television business, said to be a dying platform with not much time left until I got involved in politics and created thousands of jobs and networks such as MSDNC and fake news CNN, among many others. I no longer wish to be associated with your union, and as such, this letter is to inform you of my immediate resignation from SAG-AFTRA. You have done nothing for me. Donald Trump. Wow. So that's his. Uh, that's what he's doing at the former office of the president. So uh, I don't even know what to say about this other than uh, I think I read somewhere that they're actually trying to Macaulay Culkin is trying to set up a online petition to have Donald Trump removed from Home Alone 2 and have it have him replaced digitally with the current Macaulay Culkin, <laughs> which I'm all for. I also noticed Donald Trump didn't mention his uh, cameo in Sex in the City, which I thought was interesting. He brought up Bel Air, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, I don't remember him in that. I also don't remember him in Zoolander. When was he in Zoolander? Oh, oh, he was at the walk-off. That's right. Uh, or at that one party before the walk-off. Yeah. In any case, what a loser. Um, today, speaking of non-losers, Biden delivered his first foreign policy remarks from the State Department in Foggy Bottom. Some of the highlights include returning to a tough stance on Russia, where he said, quote, the days of the United States rolling over in the face of Russia's aggressive actions, interfering in our elections, cyber attacks, poisoning its citizens are over. We will not hesitate to raise the cost on Russia and defend vital interests in our people. And we will be more effective in dealing with Russia when we work in coalition and coordination with other like-minded partners. The political jailing of Navalny and the Russian efforts to silence freedom of expression and the right to peaceably assemble are of deep concern to us and the international community. Mr. Navalny is entitled to his rights under the Russian Constitution. He's been targeted for exposing corruption. He should be released immediately and without condition. So those are pretty strong words coming from uh, Biden. Uh, although he didn't get into any details uh, as to how the United States would respond to things like the, the SolarWinds hack or the poisoning of Navalny or the jailing of Navalny. But, uh, you know, these were pretty 
pretty tough. This is the toughest we've heard uh, the U.S. be on Russia since Obama was in office. So it's nice to hear. He also has paused troop withdrawal from Germany to assess that situation, which I'm very glad about. And he will also, he said he would issue a presidential memo reinvigorating our international leadership on LGBTQI issues to ensure everyone is working to promote the rights of those individuals by combating criminalization internationally and protecting LGBTQI refugees and asylum seekers. He wrapped up by saying the U.S. will once again lead, not by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. So those were his comments at the State Department today. Also in the news, Liz Cheney is keeping her uh, leadership position in the House. She's the number three Republican. There were there was like a two or three hour meeting. They voted by by secret ballot, which is so cowardly because, you know, now, you know, they voted too, like pretty overwhelming. I think it was 145 to 60 to one person voting present. Um, they voted to ha- keep her in her position, but they did that. And then because it was a secret ballot, they didn't have to show public support for Liz Cheney, which could hurt them politically, uh, believe it or not. And then Marjorie Taylor Greene got up in front of Congress. Uh, well, she apparently she apologized for her remarks or walked them back in that secret meeting uh, that they had. But then she also gave a speech on the floor where she apologized to everyone saying 9-11 was real. And it's her 11th hour apology and, and also about, you know, uh, uh, school shootings and, and things like that. It was really it was not believable. And it's not like she said these things decades ago. She said them while running for Congress. So um, the House is voting right this moment. I just walked away from the vote count. It looks like so far two Republicans have voted to remove her from her committee assignments. All the rest are Democrats. I'm pretty sure this vote will pass. Uh, kind of opens up a door, though, for the future, because a lot of uh, Republicans are saying, oh, well, we're going to you know, vote against your things, but they don't have any majority in the House. But of course, they can you know, gum up the works by, by holding these votes or requesting them. Uh, but I think with the Democrats in power, you know, if we can keep it, they won't get the opportunity to even bring the vote uh, to the floor. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes, because this, again, this opens up the door for voting people off of committee memberships. Uh, if you're in the majority in the future. And, you know, this I, I, when McCarthy gave his his comments last night, you know, saying, oh, well, uh, this Democrat did this. Maxine Waters did this. You didn't vote to to oust her from her committee chairs like like there's any kind of equivalency. It was absolutely disgusting. And he refused to take really any questions. He was just a coward. They're all cowards. And I don't like them. Uh, but, you know, this is a partisan podcast. And voting software company Smartmatic has filed a monster $2.7 billion lawsuit Thursday against Fox News, some of the network's star hosts, and pro-Trump attorneys Giuliani and Sidney Powell. Uh, they allege the parties worked in concert to wage a disinformation campaign that has jeopardized the company's survival. Quote, we have no choice, the chief executive and founder of Smartmatic told CNN Business in an interview about the company's decision to file the suit. Quote, this disinformation campaign that was launched against us is an obliterating one. For us, this is existential and we have to take action. The lawsuit filed in New York State court accused Fox, Giuliani, Powell, and Fox hosts Lou Dobbs, Maria Bartiromo, and Janine Pirro of intentionally lying about Smartmatic in an effort to mislead the public into the false belief that the 2020 election was stolen from Trump. Quote, they need a villain, says the lawsuit. They need someone to blame. They need someone whom they could get others to hate. A story of good versus evil, the type that would incite an angry mob, only works if the storyteller provides the audience with someone who personifies evil. So the introduction 
of this lawsuit is the amazing part. I want to read this to you. This is just introduction. Number one, the earth is round. Two plus two equals four. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris won the 2020 election for president and vice president of the United States. The election was not stolen, rigged, or fixed. These are facts. They are demonstrable and irrefutable. <laughs> that is how they open. With the, the, the earth is round. <laughs> now, in a statement on behalf of the network and the named hosts... Uh, in the in the lawsuit, Fox says Fox News Media is committed to providing the full context of every story with in-depth reporting and clear opinion. We're proud of our 2020 election coverage and will vigorously defend this meritless lawsuit in court. Yeah, good luck. When asked for comment, Sidney Powell said, I have not received no a notice or copy of this alleged lawsuit. However, your characterization of the claims shows that this is just another political maneuver motivated by the radical left that has no basis in fact or law. She will also lose. CNN Business is reaching out to Giuliani for comment. Still haven't heard back. Giuliani and Powell have also been sued uh, by Dominion for promoting their voter fraud conspiracies. Giuliani called Dominion's lawsuit against him an act of intimidation to censor and the exercise of free speech. That's not how defamation lawsuits work, my friend. And Powell called Dominion's lawsuit baseless, which she also said about the Smartmatic one. And finally, the U.S. military on Wednesday acknowledged it was unsure about how to address white nationalism and other extremism in its ranks and announced plans for a military-wide stand-down, pausing regular activity at some point in the next 60 days to tackle the issue. The decision to hold a stand-down was made by Lloyd Austin, who made history by becoming the military's first black defense secretary after a long career rising in the ranks of the Army. In his confirmation hearing, Austin underscored the need to rid the military of racists and extremists. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby said Austin ordered the stand-down after meeting with the U.S. military branch leaders, who are under pressure to show progress in combating extremism after current and former military service members were found to have participated in the siege of the Capitol on January 6th. So that's the stand-down. We do this a lot in the, in the military and in the government. It basically means drop everything you're doing and hold discussions on how to do this. We have to come up with a policy. We have to come up with an action plan with actionable items, with dates, with target dates for completion. So drop whatever you're doing and do this. And so it'll be interesting to see how this uh, plays out. Uh, I'm glad they're doing this because, it, it, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to say I was surprised that one in five of the insurrectionists are veterans or, or active duty military. Um, having served and, you know, even within the ranks of the VA being working there and being a veteran in the Department of Veterans Affairs. And after the you heard the interview I did yesterday with uh, Jasper Craven about the institutional racism, especially after blowing up after Trump took office, it's something that needs to be cleaned up, addressed, and we have to ensure that it never happens again. Um, and we'll be right back with a Flip It Blue segment with Democratic challenger to Ohio Rep. Jim Jordan in Ohio's 4th District for the 2022 midterm elections. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and today's episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Magic Spoon. I consider myself a cereal connoisseur. As a kid, it was my favorite food. I could eat cereal at every meal. I would eat a whole box sometimes, watching Saturday morning cartoons, but as an adult, I've had to mostly give it up. 
because all the cereals I loved were so full of sugar and chemicals, but not Magic Spoon. It has brought me back to my love of cereal because it's delicious. You won't believe that it's actually made without all the sugar, carbs, or guilt. If you're a cereal lover like me, you have to give Magic Spoon a try. Truly, Magic Spoon is so good, you will not believe it is so healthy. Not just a little bit, but a lot. Forbes magazine says, with cereal that tastes this good and offers so much nutritional value, Magic Spoon may be the future of breakfast. Magic Spoon cereals, amazingly, have zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only 3 net grams of carbs in each serving. And it is keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, high-protein, and GMO-free. And the best part is, it's super delicious. It is the best thing I've put in my mouth in a long time. So they have four amazing flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry to bring back that vintage feel. It tastes incredible. It seems too good to be true, but it's not. It's real. My favorite flavor right now is frosted. So delicious. I even have it as a dessert, treat, or a snack. And it's so healthy, it's guilt-free. So go to magicspoon.com slash dailybeans to grab a variety pack and try all four flavors today. And be sure to use our promo code dailybeans at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash dailybeans and use the code dailybeans for free shipping. And we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time to flip it blue. And joining us today for an early Flip It Blue segment for the 2022 midterm elections is Army veteran uh, and father who has lived in Ohio's 4th District most of his life. He's running against Jim Jordan. Please welcome Jeff Seitz. Jeff, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you uh, today. I'm a fellow veteran, and I want to thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. No problem. It was, As I like to say, it was in the Navy under Clinton, so it wasn't too difficult. But... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I did want to talk uh, a little bit about Ohio's 4th District and some of the unique characteristics uh, of of the constituents in that district and sort of what cities uh, are in that district and, and the kind of folks that live there. Well, um, I'm from Lima, Ohio, so Lima is part of the district. Um, you also have uh, towns like uh, Bucyrus, Fossoria, Marion, Wapakoneta, uh, Sydney, Urbana, which is good old Jim's hometown, and of course Lorraine up up near Cleveland. So there's a wide gambit of cities within the district, and it stretches three and a half hours from tip to tip. And looking at this district on a map, uh, one could say it looks like a seahorse or a duck. It looks incredibly gerrymandered. Can you tell us a little bit about how this district sort of ended up having the lines drawn the way that they are drawn today? Well, I could tell you that uh, part of the people that did um, this gerrymandering back in 2010 was Matt Huffman, and he is from Lima. Um, They got together and just divvied up the counties to go into the favor of, of the Republicans. Now, we see counties like Mercer County, which is part, there are four precincts, within Mercer County that fall into the Ohio fourth. There are three other, or there's three congressional districts through that one little county uh, by Salina. Uh, If you go up near um, Lorraine, um, those lines kind of meander through that uh, whole county up through there. 
You really have to be careful when you're collecting signatures, as I found out in 2019, that you really have to know where those lines are because they'll get you on them. Hmm. I can imagine that has to be tricky to make sure that the address that you're collecting a signature from is in a very specific county. With the way these lines are drawn, it's not very clear. Right. Um, and let's talk about your uh, service in the military. You're an Army veteran. When did you serve and, and what did you do? I entered the Army in October of 87. I was a military policeman, um, spent all of my time overseas in Germany. I was also tasked with um, running the arms room for about the last year or so um, I was in the military. So I know how to repair the weapons. I know what the weapons can do, i.e. an AR-15. Um, so it was uh, very interesting to see all of the, the the allies that Trump took for granted that uh, I spent some time with, that I got to meet the Italians and the French and the Germans. I mean, it was just so, so interesting to, to meet and get embroiled in their, their uh, culture over there. But the military put so much into me. Um, made me into uh, the man I am today, that it's very disciplined and that carries through uh, on what I do today as a warehouse manager. Yeah, and I think that the intrinsic values we learn in the military, such as accountability, for example, uh, come into play uh, for for those of us like you who are who are running for Congress, particularly against candidates who kind of shirk accountability and responsibility. Talk a little bit about uh, the way that we sort of, the way the way that you see accountability and how you deal with mistakes and, and moving forward and hot washes and, and fixing, fixing errors, I guess, because I think that that is deeply important in a, a congressional representative. Right. And in the military, we know that we're always taught pride, integrity, and guts. Um, pride in, in the job that you do, the integrity to do the right thing, and the guts to follow through on that right decision. And we don't see that in Jordan. Jordan wants to stand up and deny the, the election uh, of 2020. Um, he wants to disenfranchise 80 million voters that voted for the other side, and he thinks it's all about his side. Um, but it's not. We have to think about what is right for the American people, not what is right for Jim Jordan. And can I go on Newsmax or Fox News to yell and scream and talk fast? Um, it's all about looking at the people that you serve and saying, what do you want? Not what I want. What do you want as a voter? What do you want me to do? That's what we need to get to. Yeah, and, and I personally have a lot of friends that were in the Army in the 80s that were deployed to Germany to guard some of our, our weaponry. And uh, I think that there was a an initial shock when the previous administration wanted to do that troop withdrawal uh, from Germany. And uh, it was refreshing to see the new president, President Biden, come out today from Foggy Bottom at the State Department saying he's pausing the troop withdrawal in Germany to assess the situation. And I know that that kind of doesn't have to do with this race, but I, th I thought it might. I was wondering what your top line reactions to that kind of thing were. Um, I didn't hear too much of it because I was working most of the day. Um, I haven't had time to, to listen to too much of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I think Biden. Um, through his son, understands the military. And I, I think he will be a, a great asset to help our troops and to make sure they are protected 
overseas, whether it be in Germany or Afghanistan um, or wherever else they're deployed to. So I think it's going to be a, a refreshing thing for the troops to see that kind of leader um, versus what they saw with Trump. Yeah, and it's certain, certainly in stark contrast to uh, someone like Jim Jordan, who you're running against there in Ohio's 4th, who can continue to support uh, President Trump even after it had come out last summer that that Trump had called American war dead and veterans suckers and losers. And to, to see that kind of just lack of a of a backbone uh, in our congressional representatives was really disappointing, aside from everything else <laughs> that he's done. But that that particularly hit home. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you hear it from Jordan that he supports the troops, supports the troops, but his actions don't go along with that saying. And we know, um, we tell people, if you want to know what the military is, pick up a weapon and stand a post. And then you'll know what it is to be in the military, to be in that atmosphere. Now, I've never seen combat, um, so I have the utmost respect for combat veterans out there. And to hear Jordan say all this stuff about the military just it's unbelievable, and, and sometimes it kind of gets in underneath my skin. So, uh, but it's just appalling of what I see from him. Yeah, I definitely got undermined too. And and then there's also just his kind of lack of understanding, his lack of ability to connect with voters. Because you know you understand what it's like to miss a paycheck or to lose your health care or to worry about how you're going to make your next rent payment or mortgage payment. Um, t- talk a little bit about your experience through the Great Recession and how that equips you to to represent the families in Ohio's fourth. Well, I lost my job. Um, towards the end of the Great Recession right there. Um, I was unemployed for two years. Um, Very humbling to lose about 80% of your income in the blink of an eye after you're laid off. And it took everything in me um, to hold me and my daughter together. Um, My daughter was an angel. She uh, She would ask for stuff, but I would say, you know, hey, we can't really afford that. And, and she understood that, um, to go from a nice car to an 89 K car, you know, was very humbling, but eventually, you know, I kept plugging away, plugging away. And it took me 10 years of my life to get back to where I was when I lost my job. And, um, I don't wish that on anybody. So Jim Jordan can't say he's ever been through, a trial and tribulation like that. Um, And I can relate to those voters out there that say we've hit hard times. Um, I can listen to my brother who's disabled and, and struggling with, you know, do I go to the doctor because somebody else is paying for it? Really? Um, The shots that he gets that cost $26,000 a shot. You know, it's those sort of things. And he's a Trump fan. I don't get it, but he is. Um, but I, I don't get where Jordan can relate to those those type of voters out there. Um, so it's it's it was just a humbling, humbling experience 
um, that I don't ever want to do again. <laughs> yeah. And, and I can see, and I can hear, uh, in your voice that you don't want any of the no. families in that district that, that I'm sure are facing that right now with this pandemic. And you brought up your brother and a little bit about healthcare. And I want to talk to you about your platform, uh, but I do need to take a quick break. Will you mm-hmm. stay with me? Yes, I will. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Scouts Honor. As pet parents, working from home has given us more time to spend with our furry friends. But now we are more aware of their daily needs and their health issues and their well-being. So if you've noticed that your pet is itchy or smells less than pleasant, you have to check out Scouts Honor. Scouts Honor is now my go-to pet brand for grooming products. It helps with itch relief, odor control, and overall healthier skin and coat. I recently got the Grooming Essentials Kit with probiotic shampoo, conditioner, and deodorizer. And Olive has never looked or smelled better. Scouts Honors probiotic grooming products are scientifically proven. It's a natural solution for treating your pet's skin problems because when applied to the skin, the probiotics support healthy bacteria while also fighting against bad bacteria. That is the stuff that causes skin irritation and the smell. And you can choose from their amazing fragrances like honeysuckle and lavender. My personal favorite is sandalwood vanilla, which they call dog of the woods. I love it. And with every purchase, Scouts Honor provides one day's worth of meals for a rescue animal in need. And that's so important to us here at Daily Beans. With Scouts Honor, your pet will never look, feel, or smell better. So check out Scouts Honor's award-winning products today, available online or wherever pet supplies are sold. You can get 20% off your first order by going to scoutshonor.com slash dailybeans. Remember, that's scouts with a K, scoutshonor.com slash dailybeans for 20% off your order. Scouts Honor, natural and preventative grooming solutions for pets. Everybody, welcome back. We are talking to Jeff Seitz, running against Jim Jordan in Ohio's 4th District in the 2022 midterms. Jeff, right before the break, you had mentioned your brother and some of the health care challenges he's, he's facing. Now, you and I uh, are veterans, so you know we can get our health care through the Department of Veterans Affairs, which needs an overhaul as well after the past four years, and we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. But let's talk a little bit about your platform and where you stand on health care and, and how you think that uh, Congress should tackle this issue, because people do not have timely access to quality health care that's affordable in this country. I agree with you. It's uh... Um, my healthcare. If let me start by saying, if people out there think they are in charge of their healthcare because they get it through their business, they are they are mistaken. And I can give you a good example that uh, a previous employer changed healthcare's. Suddenly, two of my prescriptions were not covered, and two of those prescriptions were four and six hundred dollars. So I had to scramble around, get with my doctors, come up with a solution. I finally get these cards that uh, these companies can give you. So it brought the the cost down, but then I switched jobs and suddenly one of those prescriptions were no longer covered again. So I had to go back to my doctor. So if people think they're in charge of their healthcare, they are wrong. So each time something like this happened, I would say to the pharmacist standing in front of me, my kingdom for single payer healthcare where we could just go in and get our stuff. We don't have to say, I need to go to this pharmacy or send it off here. I can just walk in and get the stuff I need. And I think that's what Americans really want is something like that. The question is, how do we get there? The ACA was a good start, but let's improve on it and make it better for Americans. Mm. Yeah, and I I believe that uh, with some of these early 
executive orders from uh, the new administration, opening up a window for enrollment is is a good a good first step. But you're right. There's so much that needs to be fixed. And uh, and, uh, and that's going to be up to Congress because, as, as you know, Biden can sign a few executive orders. But in order to really spend money, Congress controls those purse right. strings. Right. If that's by the Constitution, uh, as much as we you know, as much as some people are screaming, like, just send us checks, Joe Biden, you can't. Uh, you can't govern that way because, I mean, th- think about what ha- what would have happened if, if Trump could just spend money without having congressional approval. A- and so it's so important that we work together. Talk a little bit about how you are different uh, from Jim Jordan in your ability to, to work together with others because he just seems so obstructionist to me. He is. He's very obstructionist. He's an extremist. He only worries about his side of the aisle and nobody else. Um, he doesn't have one of those traits, the guts to do what is right, the courage to say, we need this for Americans. He will never, ever say that. And I'm willing to say, I don't know everything. Let's talk and let's get this done for the American people. But Jim Jordan will never say that. No, he won't. Uh, and tying into health care, let's talk a little bit about Medicare and Social Security. Where do you stand on uh, Medicare and Social Security's solvency, for example? Well, we know that uh, the Republicans for years have been trying to cut those um, benefits for older Americans. Me personally, older Americans have paid in all of their life for Medicare and Social Security. And we want to yank that blanket out from underneath them. I think that's Shame, shame, shame on the Republicans for ever doing that or even trying to do that. Um, to me, I think going back to healthcare, single payer healthcare, why should our seniors who've paid in all of, all of their lives continue to pay with Medicare suppl- supplements and prescription supplements? Why can't we start single payer healthcare with the older generation and make sure they're taken care of? Because after all, they took care of us all those years. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you 100%. And uh, let's move on a little bit to uh, a different uh, topic here, which is uh, climate change. Uh, now, you know, Jim Jordan denies that it's an issue that needs to be even addressed. Uh, when, when you know, you're, you're former military, even the Department of Defense a decade ago was it trying like this is going to be an issue and we have to start working on this? And then you know this new uh, the rule well, the Trump administration came in and said no no erase the words climate change from all of our uh, websites and things like that. And and Jim Jordan stood idly by and actually supported uh, those anti science ideas. Talk about where you stand on climate change and how working and being a leader in Ohio on climate change can actually bring jobs back to the fourth. Right. So. Let's get rid of climate change and add climate chaos, because that's what's going to happen. Being a Navy veteran, you know that as the seas rise, those po- or those naval stations along the coast are going to become flooded. So that's going to cost a lot of money. Along with that, you're going to have migra- migration inward into the inner parts of the country. Not only that, you're going to have all of these immigrants scrambling to America to try and get a better life because their countries are are being flooded. We see it even in Miami that part of their um, city is flooding at high tide. So 
I think we have an opportunity here in Ohio because even in Lima, we have the Ford engine plant. Let's try and make that a, a battery, you know, a battery station or making electric engines. Um, and I think that's how we bring it back to us. Um, we can start making solar panels, windmills, whatever it takes to have clean energy in the future. I think Ohioans can do that. Uh, but it takes, again, courage to reach out and say, we can have these jobs here and we can work with the existing manufacturers in Ohio to turn it into clean energy, um, those jobs. So I think it's a great opportunity for Ohio. Yeah, I mean, I can even imagine uh, if we had the right representation in Congress, somebody who believed in science, for example, like yourself, that you could work toward, I mean, Biden just announced that he's going to convert the entire fleet of federal cars to electric. Why not have that happen in Ohio? And if they have strong representation of somebody who believes in climate chaos, as you say, uh, advocating for them in, in their district, you could get some of those contracts and get some federal money to retrain those workers to be able to take on those tasks. And without somebody like you who believes in this, in that seat, it's never going to happen. Those jobs aren't going to come back to the to the district. I know because I used to work for an auto supplier um, that certain auto manufacturers in Ohio are already making that transition to battery-operated vehicles. So the transition is already happening. It's up to our leaders, whether it be state or federal, to say, we can do this. Let's partner together. Let's help our businesses thrive and bring more people back into Ohio where we see a migration from and give them those good paying jobs that they deserve. 100%. And uh, before uh, I let you go, I want to talk just really quickly about the pandemic response and, and uh, your, your thoughts on the way Jim Jordan has been handling or not handling it. He has not been handling it. He, in fact, he is one of the few people out there that has consistently voted against um, any kind of funds benefiting Americans out there from COVID. And that's just a shame. That tells me he, he has no humanity. He doesn't see that um, there's people hurting out here. He says it's fake. It, you know, it's the China virus, you know, which is a bunch of malarkey to say it nicely (laughs) um we need leaders that will say i understand it's going to cost us money but we have to help our americans we have to help the voters and we have to help people that are hurting out there Um, almost probably 80 percent of my family has had covid luckily we're one of the families that it wasn't really serious but i know people out there that have lost loved ones but yet It's all deny, deny, deny. And in the meantime, people are out of work. People are struggling for food. I mean, it's just terrible. And we we don't need a leader like that. We need somebody that can say, I'm here to help you. What do you need? And Jim Jordan is not one of those people. Yeah, that's that's the difference. Right. I, I remember speaking to Mary Trump uh, about uh, Republicans, uh, her uncle in particular. But but Jim Jordan falls into this category, too. They, the, their kind of response is always, what do you want from me? 
And the response I see coming from you is, how can I help? And I think that that is what puts Jim Jordan in the category of being out of touch with the voters and the families in Ohio's 4th District. So can you tell us if, if any of our listeners would like to volunteer or donate or write postcards on your behalf or do text banking or phone banking, where they can get in touch to volunteer for your campaign? You can go to sitesforcongress.com slash volunteer. Um, we've got a form there that they can fill out and it'll get to us. And once we start really the, the bones of the operations of the campaign, um, we can contact them and ask them to come and help uh, defeat Jim Jordan because that's what we're going to do. Awesome. We're behind you. That's Sites, S-I-T-E-S. And uh, it's been wonderful. It's been an honor talking to you today. Again, thank you for your service, everyone. Democratic candidate for Ohio's 4th District in 2022, running against Jim Jordan, Jeff Sites. Thanks for your time. Thanks a lot. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody, it's AG. This final Helping of Daily Beans is brought to you today by Stamps.com. Everyone dreams of what they would do if they had extra time and money. I would travel the world, taste all the wine. I definitely wouldn't be taking trips to the post office. It's not my favorite. And that's probably not how you want to spend your time and your cash either. So if you want to save your hard-earned money and time, then I recommend using Stamps.com. Mailing and shipping online at Stamps.com is an absolute lifesaver, time saver, money saver, and it's a breeze. Stamps.com allows you to mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right from your computer at home in your jammies. You can send letters and ship packages, and you pay a lot less with discounted rates from the Postal Service and UPS and more. Stamps.com has saved businesses thousands of hours and tons of money. And with Stamps.com, you get the services of the Post Office and UPS all in one place, and you get big discounts on mailing and shipping rates. I love this service so much. Using Stamps.com has been such a smooth and efficient experience for us. Stamps.com is a must-have for any business, whether you're a small office just sending out invoices, an online seller shipping out orders, or even a giant warehouse sending out thousands of packages per day. Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print out official U.S. postage. You can do it 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. And once your mail is ready, you just schedule a pickup or drop it off. It is that simple. With Stamps.com, you get discounts of up to 40% off post office rates and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. That's amazing. So Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saves you time and money. It is no wonder nearly 1 million small businesses already use Stamps.com. So stop wasting time going to the post office. Go to stamps.com instead. There is no risk. And with our promo code Daily Beans, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage, and they'll even send you a digital scale. There are no long-term commitments and no contracts required. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Daily Beans. That's stamps.com, promo code Daily Beans. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. And it's Friday. That means we are joined by the lovely, uh, often imitated, never duplicated, Amy Carrero. How are you? <laughs> Hi. I love to meet my imitators. Um, I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. It's a, a busy news day, and there's lots going on. But uh, it's uh, you know I'm having a I'm having a good day. Uh, it's good. been a pretty good week. It's gone by so fast. January went by so fast. I know. I know. It, it's it's amazing what happens when like. You don't worry about the country burning down at every sec- second. Oh, I know. It's it's a really nice feeling to wake up and, and just pet the cat instead of <laughs> having a doom sense scroll. of impending doom. Yeah, so. for sure. 
Exactly. Well, we've got a lot of good news in confessions and corrections today, and we've got a couple of court uh, uh, cases for Amy's court, I do believe, so that should be fun. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, if you want to send anything in to us, if you have a dispute at home dun, 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 that you want Amy to settle, uh, please send it to us. And you have any corrections, p- pictures of your pets, confessions, just good news, political or personal, go to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. That's how you send it in. So I'm going to kick us off today, Amy, because we've got this great submission from Anonymous. No pronouns given. Anonymous says, I admit that I miss the deep dives of Mueller, she wrote, but I'm very glad that the new cleanup on aisle 45 pod is scratching my careful reading of court briefs itch. (laughs) (laughs) Now you will need to see this little mutt with uh, heterochromatic eyes that my niece just rescued. Sadly, because travel is impossible right now, I won't get to meet her in dog person until she's much bigger. But if so, it's something to look forward to. Uh, just the same. Oh. <gasps> look at this cutie patootie. Oh, and got the one blue. Just eye. the tiniest little legs. Oh. Obsessed. What a honey. I love it. And I love that the, I love the daughters wearing the Black Lives Matter T-shirt. Yeah, That's great. I love that. So great. Thank you. Thank you so much for sending that. Uh, next up. From Matt, pronouns he, him. Last week, a listener wrote in about a squirrel eating peanuts. This reminded me of one of my favorite stories about my mother. The master bedroom... <laughs> like, like you do. Yeah. <laughs> the master bedroom had a Juliet balcony, and most mornings, mom would shout, peanut time, and toss peanuts down to the squirrels. She did this for years. That was a great read, yeah. Amy. Thank that was you. a great read. <laughs> Thank you. Somebody nominate me for a Golden Globe. Um... Okay, (laughs) she did this for years, but it didn't take long for the squirrels to figure out that the window was the source of the delicious peanuts. The squirrels took to climbing up the side of the house to attempt to gain access to the peanut trove. (laughs) I would often see our Himalayan mix, Misty, hungered down by the closed balcony door while a suspicious scratching sound came from outside. Suddenly, a squirrel would pop its head on the other side of the glass, hoping to find a vault of peanuts. Instead, they found themselves face to face with a cat. Misty would pounce. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, Misty would pounce, and the squirrel would scramble down to the ground and scamper off. The squirrel learned a valuable lesson that some hordes are guarded by dragons. Squirrels love peanuts and are willing to go to great lengths to get them. For a pod pet tax, here's another lizard from our garden looking mildly annoyed. Wait, where? Oh, there it is. I'm looking. Oh, hello. Right? It's like camouflage. Very good camouflage. Mm-hmm. Little lizard. I love it. It's peanut time. Peanut time. That was fantastic. God, what a fun mom. That was very Ethel Merman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, just what every singer wants to sound like. Ethel Merman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got a feeling that peanuts are in the air. Yeah. <laughs> the slowest vibrato you ever heard in your life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up from t- my friend and I wanted to start a, a, a cover band called Merman, where it's just her and I in evening gowns, but singing singing modern songs, right. but as Ethel Merman would, like, you know, with the lights out, entertain oh us. Here we are now. Um, yeah. Amazing. I thought that would be fun. Never one of those dreams never realized. Unrequited murder. I'd pay for it. I'd pay to see that. <laughs> next next up from Tex, no pronouns given. Good news. I didn't get any more facial fractures <gasps> after getting punched in the face again by a psych oh patient in the ER last night. <gasps> Also, I had time to put on my respirator before any of our surprise COVID patients came in. Also, I'm grateful I got the vaccine, took the second dose last week. 
Yes, I'm grateful I don't have much to complain about this week. Tex, I disagree. I think you <laughs> that's, have a, that's uh, a lot of stuff. Considerable complaints. <laughs> For the pet tax, here's a picture of a cat that isn't our cat. Some people down the street got her to entertain their granddaughters when she came over, but I guess she got bored because they stopped taking care Aww. of her. Now... We and a couple of other neighbors take care of her. She's been in our house the whole time, but our 16-pound crotchety old asshole of a cat doesn't like other cats. <laughs> oh, oh, man. And this kitty, it looks like a Russian blue, and she and she she's grabbing her face. Oh, you know how cats grab their face? So, oh, so cute. Gosh, Tex, I'm, uh, I'm worried about you. Um... That's uh, that's a lot. That's a lot going on, and I, I hope you can um, g- keep all your facial f- mos- uh, bones intact. Okay, and thank you for your service of being a frontline worker. Okay, next up from Jen. Pronouns she her. My husband has really recently gotten into watching Marie Kondo, so we've been tidying up in the evenings. I've been trying to get him to get rid of old stuff for years. So this is a minor miracle. As a pet tax, see ooh. Hrothgar in the sweater he inherited from me after my husband helpfully washed it in hot water followed by a hot dryer laugh laugh emoji (laughs) at least it's tidy oh Oh, man Uh, so that's cool you've been tidying in the evenings Marie Marie condoing it Uh, minor miracle I love it and this sweater (laughs) he's dogging the sweater man I don't I don't know how this husband is still married to Jen I mean messy and shrunk what looks like a very nice sweater yeah and I love the little scarf with the skull and crossbones on it too that's very cute and then we got a rainbow collar this dog is decked out to the nines a cute little like black lab Aww. some kind of mix just yeah. adorable with the floppy looks ears. like a puppy but probably i don't know if it is but it looks like a puppy oh so cute certainly next up from biscuit pronouns he and him what's up biscuit confession i too am a navy vet what i call an accidental combat vet i was deployed to the gulf during desert shield storm when i arrived in theater i was attached to the eighth marines as part of a crypto team I wasn't on the front line trading shots. I did have shots fired in my direction, and I saw the aftermath of air artillery strikes. For all of that, though, I no more consider myself a Marine than I consider myself a sentient wheel of cheese. I have no real proof of my actions in the Gulf, as camera phones weren't a thing, and I was too shit-scared to snap photos, and I'm pretty sure my Temdu orders were still classified. All this to say Tom Cotton can go fuck himself with hot sauce. (laughs) (laughs) And... Uh, the Gulf War is why I don't like it when people say thank you for your service, because mm. while I joined out of family tradition, going back pre-World War One, I, I believed wow. at the time I was defending my country and helping some someone from being bullied. But history has mm. shown that was not the case. I'm not ashamed of my service, quite the opposite, but I feel I shouldn't be thanked for just doing my job. I really enjoy y'all's take on things, and I've learned more about how our government works in the last few months. Uh, I've been listening, and and for that, you have my thanks. Well, thank you, Biscuit, for your service. That's uh, right around the time I joined. Wow. um, Was that uh, first Gulf War. So thank you so much for that. I know it's weird. I, I... it just automatically comes out of my what, mouth. What do you what do you think you prefer what do you prefer people say instead of that? I mean, do you have a preferred like you mm. AG, do you have a preferred thing? I I always just joke. I just always just come back with a quick joke. Like, right, ah, I was right. in the Navy under Clinton. D- don't worry about it. Or <laughs> Uh, you know what? Uh, right. Whatever the the case may be, but that yeah, that's uh, it's it's weird to be thanked for your service, and I just actually did thank him for because it's just it's kind of second nature. We need to figure out yeah. how to yeah how to do that better. Uh, there needs to be some sort of a campaign about it. Yeah, I think when I say that to 
especially people who have been in the armed forces, I just mean like, thanks for your sacrifice. Like it, like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, that is your job that you signed up to do, but it's a sacrifice on like any other job that exists, you know, in our country. So I guess, I don't know if maybe that's a better way of saying it. Like, thank you for your sacrifice. I don't know. It probably makes people uncomfortable, but we'll think of something. I don't know. One thing that I learned as a performer is like when people give me compliments about like a show I'm on or like a performance, I always before when I was like really young or new, I'd be like, oh, no, no, no. And I'd always be self-deprecating because it can be a little bit uncomfortable. And then somebody told me, um, an older actor was like, you know, that it's not so much like for you that they're saying that it's it's for them like you know it's not so much like because they want to make you feel good I mean although that's part of it it's more so that they want to get get that off their chest so I don't know if that helps Hmm. maybe yeah maybe that's a different way to look at it Mm -hmm. oh I'm next okay anonymous cookie monster pronouns he him good news the girl scout cookies oh i know all about them the girl mm-hmm. scout cookies i ordered for my niece just arrived samoas lemon ups tag along's my favorite i said that not anonymous toffee-tastic and of course thin mints mm. i'm eating these for a good cause it is my duty not because i have no self-control when it comes to sugar listen nope. yeah, of course not. i totally understand <laughs> tag alongs are my favorite i don't think i've tried the coffee ones are those new uh yeah they're they're really good Ooh, yeah I, i'm out. still a thin mint person um, and of course, mm. I think the serving size on Thin Mints is one tube. Um, it shouldn't just be three cookies. That's ridiculous. Right. And do you freeze them? Because they're really amazing frozen. Just putting that out there. They are good. They are fun to eat cold. They are tasty out of the freezer. Uh, all right. Next up, Amy's court is in session. Dung, dung. Dung, dung, dung. Expert testimony regarding human v. ungrateful cat. <laughs> From Jennifer, pronouns she and her. And designer at the Cat Ball, LLC. Oh. Cool. Hello, Allison and Amy. I know that Judge Amy has ruled on the issue of the cat not using the new cat furniture from your January 22nd, 2021 show. So I'm coming in a bit late to offer my near expert witness testimony. Ooh, this is, uh, ooh. ooh. All right. Ooh, ooh, I love this. I love this. this case. Yeah. I'm a cat bed designer, and I've been designing cat beds for 10 years, which means I've been dealing with the potential problem of people buying pricey handmade cat bed, and the cat doesn't use it. I've learned a lot about making cat stuff they'll use and getting my cats to use their new gifts. My suggestions are, one, assigning the characteristics of aloof and ungrateful is anthropomorphism and can be unhelpful. (laughs) It's more helpful to understand that cats are in a weird place in the animal kingdom because they're both predators and prey, and they have a strong instinct to hide or climb. Both positions can increase their safety and also help with successful hunting. Positive reinforcement is actually a training method that can work with cats. You can often use treats, but you can also wait until the cat is in an active mood and using a string, wand, or toy laser pointer, know your cat's preference first, and over time, lure the animal onto the new cat furniture with this toy or treat or laser. I have observed two common issues with cats using cat furniture. First, the furniture was designed to appeal to people, Mm. not to cats. One common issue is the furniture has scratching post features that are too short, or the entire structure is too flexible and unstable that it scares the cat. Or the furniture was placed in a location the cat doesn't like. Try moving it to a window where your cat can watch prey, or try moving it to a place where the cat can watch you. I've had good success with placing furniture on the border wall of a room where they can keep an eye on the doorway and the chairs and couches. 
Cat behavior experts would describe this as a socially significant location. Why do cats play with weird shit? Instead of the toys we buy, cat toys are often designed to make us happy, and they aren't necessarily designed with the cat's needs in mind. Your floor and home might be littered with any variety of junk, and the cat is choosing the aluminum foil ball, paper bags, and milk rings, but not all the other stuff, for a specific reason. There is something about that specific garbage that works for the cat. (laughs) In conclusion... There's a good chance the cat will use your cool cat tree, but you might need to relocate it or you might need to spend some time showing your cat it's a cool thing. Mm. P.S. Anonymous, who wrote, how much is too much to pay for a bra, is 100% correct that if you find one that you like, go buy a bunch of them. The same goes for socks, jeans, face masks, shoes, whatever. Bonus points for waiting for the sale. P.P.S. It was hard to narrow down what photos to submit. I literally have over 25,000 on the drive. Here's an introduction to my beasts. Tink, the cross-eyed one, and Retro, the other cross-eyed <gasps> one. <gasps> I can't with these. Wow, these are professional. Oh, oh, the- I mean, obviously, because this is an LLC, but oh my God, these pictures belong <laughs> in the Louvre. The pink knitted bunny ears in the pink bunny or the pink cat cocoon <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Thank you for all of... You know what? That's really solid, great advice. And um, I really hope that, that, that the cat, the cool cat tree goes to get some good use from the cat because it is very cool. Okay. Next up, case. Dun, dun. Condemnable or commendable condiment deployment. From Mary, she, her. Is mayonnaise an appropriate condiment to put on hot dogs? No. Nope. I don't even have to read the rest of it, but I will, okay? Here we go. Here's the backstory. My husband's name is Adrian. He likes to put mayonnaise and ketchup on his hot dogs, while I like ketchup and mustard. Adrian is the only person whom I know personally who puts mayo on their hot dogs. I await your verdict, Judge Amy. Okay, listen up, Mary. I personally love mayonnaise and ketchup on hot dogs. Um... You know where this, I mean, I'm not even going to bore you with this long ass story, but I, I do have to say that I grew up like in a pretty like financially conscious family and my father would not bother purchasing real hot dog buns. So we would eat, and by the way, he would boil our hot dogs. He would not like run them over a grill. It was so disgusting, but at the time it was like all we knew. So he would take this like wet ass hot dog and put it on this soggy ass untoasted Wonder Bread. And the only joy that I could get from this disgusting meal was mixing my mayonnaise and ketchup to create a sort of a thousand island sauce, which like covered up the whole sogginess situation. So maybe it's just my childhood trauma, but I say let Adrian put mayonnaise and ketchup on us hot dogs you don't know where it comes from uh, uh. <laughs> no i say no really i love mayo if you want to i'm not gonna i'm not gonna kiss you for like two hours after that wait do you um use mayo for your fries like in like if you're like in a french restaurant no i don't use mayo for anything other than to mix into tuna fish and that's pretty rare as well okay uh, okay or like egg salad, um, but I don't even use it in my deviled eggs. I kind of do everything with avocado, and I'm certainly not putting avocado Ooh. on my hot dogs. Ooh, um, avocado! That sounds good. I just have to say, like, I don't know, I don't know what ethnicity Mary is, but I, ag, I'm a little disappointed. Like, I feel like mayonnaise is such a white American food, you know? Yeah, I know that. Oh, when when I went to Europe, they put mayonnaise on everything. But uh, here, you know, to be fair, I'm an extremely weird eater, and let me tell you how mm. I eat hot dogs. Okay. Totally plain. Ooh. Totally plain with a with a Vlasic sandwich stacker in the bun. What is that? What is that? It's a dill pickle. It's a dill pickle. <gasps> oh, okay. Okay. Listen, every it's a very personal choice. So maybe don't listen personal to me. Choice. You know. 
you know it's fine it's fine we got it but yeah adrian just keep on mayonnaising it <laughs> do you uh next up case who gets left holding the bags mm. from renee she her i like how i like how you have named this case renee <laughs> like they do the people's court cases <laughs> yes. who gets left holding the bag holding the bag <laughs> Greetings, prophetesses of the Leguminati. I have a case for you. My beloved wife, Lisa, is a wonderful warrior for the environment. I aspire to be as good as she is about it, but I'm just not. My case has to do with recycling of plastic bags. She insists that every plastic bag that comes into our house must be recycled and not thrown away, which I mostly agree with. But our trash collection won't take the bags, and she never takes them either. I mean, mm. maybe once or twice a year, she grudgingly piles them into her car and takes them to the closest Target store for recycling. I do most of the shopping for the household, so she thinks I should take them. But I work full-time and go to school, and when I'm running out to buy supplies for a household, I just never think of it. And now there are so many that whoever does take them all will have to lug a monster pile of bags across the parking lot, take the lid off the recycling bin to fit them in, and now our bags will completely fill the bin, which is just embarrassing to do. And who would, you you know, would you want to do that? So this is our issue. Who is right? Should I have some mandatory duty to take these bags uh, since I shop more? Or should she have to do it since she's the one who insists on recycling everything and will even fish plastic out of the trash to add to the monster pile of bags? We are at an impasse and need a neutral third party to make a ruling in this matter. Please help. I'm including an embarrassing photo of our enormous pile of plastic recyclables. Uh, for pet tax, I've included a photo of my coworker, Detective Leopold, and his sidekicks, Squeakers and Gromit, sharing a nap space. And a cat tree. That is a big pile. That's a big pile. Look, um, I think who as to who takes it, it's, I don't listen, I don't know what Lisa's up to. I don't know, you know, what her schedule is like. But Renee sounds like she's got a whole lot going on. Works full time, she goes to school, she shops more, but it seems like maybe you need more stuff because you're in school and I don't know. So I don't know. I would say Lisa, if you have a little bit more time just haul the bags to the target. And I understand it's embarrassing having just like deposited a huge amount of like stuff into like a public recycling bin. Um, but, you know, you're never going to see those people again. So just just do it. Yeah. And then or maybe, I don't know, have a place in your garage or something. If you have extra space where you put that and you do and you and then you just take it like every six months and then you can both do it together and it'll be equally embarrassing for both of you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess my recommendation would be. Set a time mm. uh, in a, in the calendar when you have time. Both of you have free time, some free time. Uh, what is pick a time when you can both be free. Take the whole pile and go recycle it. Then buy some reusable bags, like a Muller She Wrote tote bag, mm. off of the MullerSheWrote.com website, and uh, try to stop using plastic bags. Because you know here in Los Angeles, uh, and we've banned they charge yeah the use of plastic bags yeah. Or they charge you like ten cents for for a different kind of plastic or something like that. Right. It's the those are the sturdy reusable plastic bags. They're not like yeah. these single use uh, fellas. So right. I, I would recommend if you can, uh, if it's within uh, your uh, ability and time and all that, to to get some reusable bags and use those instead. The only problem with that is I always forget to bring them with me to the store. Yeah, that's what she was saying because she's got a lot on her mind. Yeah. Where do you keep them in order to remember? I keep them in my front on my front seat. Yeah, I've I've gone to, I've gotten to the point now where I actually keep them in my car and I rotate them out mm-hmm. um, because and again because we don't have the option and so we were forced to sort forced into it um, but 
as far as, you know, that's a future solution that, that you weren't asking for. But uh, as far as what to do with this, I say you set a time that both of you have free and you both go do it. Yeah, that's marriage, baby. Mm-hmm. Love and marriage. Love and marriage. <laughs> Look at the puppers, too. So adorable. So cute. Well, thank you for submitting everything, everyone. We really appreciate it. Please continue to send in your good news stories and your confessions and corrections. And, of course, any court cases and disputes you may have to be settled in Amy's court. Uh, and, and please, you know, listen to Amy. I just add on because I just like to hear myself talk. But uh, you can do that at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Amy, do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here for the weekend? Uh, yeah, we're still doing this, man. It's been it's almost a year. Uh, you know, let's just try to stay sane. <laughs> Try to stay sane. I'm malfunctioning. Yeah. I think the best way to do that is to take some time for yourself, too. So make sure you do that. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of your mental health and take care of the planet. I've been AG. I've been Amy Carrero. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com.